go. Ready? Here we go. What up, what up? What's good? Back at it again with another episode of the We Could Be Wrong podcast. This is episode 59. Bro, remember last, no, what was it? It wasn't last week. It was a couple of weeks ago where I said that everybody always has that one person or player or individual that seems to provide content for everybody in the case of boxing in the sport of boxing canelo alvarez always gives you content um and in baseball it could be anybody from the come from the yankees to trevor bauer from the dodgers it's always content right Mm -hmm. and in in the game of basketball well of course is lebron james he gives you content left and right and all the big superstars but to focus on one guy it would be either him or kevin durant that always gives you content always give you something to talk about and in this podcast for for example it's luka Doncic. luka Doncic always gives us content for us to speak on uh, at least uh to dissect and critique or praise whatever the case may be whatever fan uh whatever side of the street you're on but not only is this also about luka but this is also about the dallas mavericks for for in the bigger part of the conversation it overall it's about the dallas mavericks the dallas mavericks right now since we spoke last week of of them they went out in the first round and now big changes are coming which usually is what went happens. out in the seventh game of the first round bro get it right come on what about last year last year sixth game of the what it's six games of the what six games they made it to of the, the what they made it to the seventh game this, this of year. the first round yes the common denominator here first round um so yes this is a, a the, but on a serious note, this is a team that hasn't had change in a very long time. Do you think now the rumors of Luca and uh, Rick Carlisle have been true this whole time? I think I've, I said that. Not, to not, me, I didn't want to believe it. I, I I wanted to say that you know they were both, especially Rick but, Carlisle, be a great sportsman. Well, and, he's been a part of the of the community, so the the Dallas state here and uh, the culture. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, of course, you kind of gravitate to him. They kind of, like, you build a relationship around him. You're so used to him being here. But I told you, like, I'm I'm a, I'm a type of person that likes to watch a lot of these games. And I've watched a lot of um, Mavericks games ever since Luka got drafted, right? Yeah. And I'm telling you, last this past season, I believe, I want to say, I want I hope I'm not mistaken, but I, I want to say it was on uh, when they faced the Milwaukee Bucks in the regular season. And and I and maybe I'm blowing this out of proportion and I'm making it bigger than what it really was, but in that specific moment where Luca felt like Rick Carlisle, they they messed up on a throw in, right? On a uh, they were gonna throw it in. I, I I honestly believe I'm I'm not honestly believe I'm not saying that right. I know it's not throwing in the ball because they uh, that's a soccer term, but just to for a better like a better understanding, um, they're 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 throwing the ball in and. Um, and the play doesn't go as as as, uh, as planned, right? Mm-hmm. And Luca senses it, like, oh shit, we fucked up, right? And he looks to Rick Carlisle, and and he doesn't do anything. And they they run out of time. Obviously, they shoot the shot, a uh, force a force shot, and and Luca they eventually do a timeout, and Luca's like, you should have called the timeout when we fucked up the play in the beginning, like you should have not let us get this. Uh, get this um lose possession because we shot the ball we lose possession you call a timeout but we don't get the ball back so it's kind of like you should have called timeout as soon as we got uh, uh as soon as we messed up the play because he just threw everything off and the look of his, the look on his face 
the demeanor in his face was just like Jesus. Like, how do you not see that? Like, mm-hmm. I guess his mentality is uh, in a different mindset, like in a mind of its own, where he feels like you should know these things. Like, I'm I know this. I don't understand how you don't understand this. We spoke about the superstar and the head coach being as one. Yeah, Chris Paul and uh, and his head coach. They work as one, and there's a lot of them that work very well with their superstar. They work very well with their superstar, and I, I just feel like Luca and Rick Carlisle was a little forced in a way, somewhat forced, because to be honest, to be 100% honest, looking back at his career, Rick Carlisle never had a superstar. Like, yes, Dirk was a superstar, Dirk. But, but Dirk was a guy that was – was made through the through the through the culture of the Dallas Mavericks system. Like he didn't just go in and became a. He was already a superstar. He became a superstar later on, mm-hmm. like when he was built. But you're dealing with a whole different kind of uh, and a new, player in a whole different time. Yeah, and you're coming in. He's already a superstar, so it's kind of like okay. So what am I gonna teach this guy who feels like he already knows everything because he's coming from Europe. And he's been in the, on, on the biggest stage in Europe. So he already comes with a high basketball IQ. So how do I teach this guy something he already knows? Like, what what are my coaching strategies going to provide this guy? Like, am I even the right guy? Or is it something he felt like? When we're speaking of, the, of Rick Carlisle stepping down as head coach, which was a shock, wasn't it? Yeah, I honestly, even though we, I said it last week, I believe there needs to be a coaching I, change. I thought he was going to be one more year, though. I thought he was going to be like, okay, one more year, he's going to try to, you know, work with, you know, uh, Luca and Porzingis being together, you know, maybe one last year. Yeah, them three, you know, trying to make it work, trying to get a ring, or trying to get close to getting the ring. But whenever I saw his tweet, and then everybody talking about it, that he wasn't going to come back next year, right. I was like, well, maybe everything that the rumors have been true. You know, maybe he hasn't been getting along, and he sees that Luca is the future. You know, for the oh, Mavs. Okay, here, here's the conspiracy. We're, we're going right conspiracy. now, right now. We're right going now. conspiracy theory. Like, I think the last conspiracy theory that we spoke on this podcast was this Deshaun Watson, and I thought that one was pretty good. So let's 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 dive into a what little. What did conspiracy. happen to Deshaun Watson? I'm telling you, he's he's going ghost, which is the best thing for him. Yeah. But we're going on a conspiracy theory. Okay, I have a theory. You know how shit goes when I have a theory. Okay. We could be wrong, people. Rick Harlow has two years left on his contract. Well, he had. Now he's gone. So he had two years left. Who do you know leaves two years' worth of pay on the table knowing you have a superstar, a superstar, an all-NBA player, an all-star, a 22-year-old, just and you just leave him like you just say you know what i'm out and i'll see y'all crazy thing is that on his tweet you saw his tweet and everybody saw uh the tweet that the dallas mavericks posted it said i'm excited about my next coaching opportunity why would you say something like that like what do you mean you're excited about your next opportunity where you're saying like you were done with the mavericks and now you're moving on somewhere else that's gonna where you feel, I guess, valued. Because to me, I just feel like he must know something that we don't. Yeah, There's always something internal. There's something always 
behind closed doors that we don't know about. We can speak on it. We don't know for the, the facts, obviously, but there's no unless somebody puts it out there. But from what I, from this side, at least from my side, I'm looking at it's just like, okay, people are, or mainly him, right? Mainly Luca is not. I guess he doesn't feel the fact that he was the right coach for him, like to coach his style, to put him in position with the players that he had around him to win. And Luca's in line to sign the 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 supermax deal. He's gonna sign it. I believe he is gonna sign it. I mean, who's gonna turn down at twenty two years old, two hundred two hundred million? Twenty two what is it, like a five year deal? He'll be what, twenty seven? Yeah. He's still like at the peak. Yeah. He's still perfectly fine. Two hundred two hundred million? That's already a good chunk of change in the bank. Not including your sponsors and your endorsements and everything. I just feel like Rick Carlisle left for a certain reason. He felt like if he took the Mavericks to the – if he didn't get the Mavericks past the first round of the NBA playoffs next season, or even worse, if he didn't get them to the playoffs next season, he would be gone. So it's kind of like, you can't fire me. I quit. Yeah, but way earlier, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like some people usually do that when you know you're on the verge of getting fired. But it was a good run though in the playoffs. I, I don't feel like the blame should go on him. I think uh, some of the blame should go on him because I feel like he just didn't run enough plays for Porzingis. You have a guy that's seven two and you have him on the wing, and it's just like and that's his biggest critique. Like, dude was just trying to shoot threes. He never got into the paint trying yeah. to dunk the ball and nothing like that. And it's just like, well. How is Porzingis supposed to do anything if the plays were to get him and make room? Why are you going to get this dude and just have him shooting threes and he's not making them, but you're still having him out wide? It's just like you have him isolated out there. It's like you weren't running the the consistent or the correct plays for for Luka to, to have success in, in, in some way. It was kind of like you get the ball and you do you do what you do. Like you'll know what you what you have to do when you're out there, but even the great players appreciate good coaching. You know, when you have good coaching, you have uh, it's like you're soaking up game. He's only 22, right? Like we speak about it all the time. He's still young. Like I spoke about this with a coworker of mine and said the difference to me. Like I see Devin Booker right now. He's 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 a phenomenal player, and he was the guy for the Phoenix Suns before Chris Paul got there. But when Chris Paul got there, he's he's soaking up so much information from Chris Paul, and he's willing to learn. Is he already a great player without Chris Paul? Absolutely. Is he all star an all star caliber player without Chris Paul before he even got there? He pretty pretty much well could have, but he wasn't at the time. But um, the Mavericks don't have that. We don't have that kind of that veteran presence. So we have a young guy. Leading that, the team. That's the main reason why I thought we should have never let, let go of... Uh, J.J. Barea? Yeah. Yeah, he's very... And they were very close. He was He was not only like a great player, but he was like a second head coach that has the long career and, and championship and, and you, playoff experience. And you weren't paying him anything. Yeah. Like, he wasn't uh, demanding high yeah. salary. And it's kind of like, that's the kind of guy you want around because yeah. he was the last guy that we had on the bench that was a part of that championship team back yeah. in 2011 so it's kind of like you want to know you want to listen to that guy that who actually did it you know that's a guy that you have in your ear 
because and you respect he may not be the tallest guy and you would think like somebody you would respect somebody like you know uh not not to throw shade on any small person or anything but um that's a guy you respect yeah and he's a champion he has a ring this that he's the only guy in that bench who has a ring don't nobody else have a ring so if anybody if anybody's words way larger than their height it would be jj because i mean he at least has a ring to show for him and rick um but that's what i'm thinking that's my conspiracy theory i think there's something there with with rick carlisle the reason why he left first of all they got rid of the the gm donnie nelson so he left so it's kind of like you're you're gonna go back and uh work under a different gm you build a whole different relationship so it's kind of like you're rebuilding somewhat, but instead of rebuilding the team, you're rebuilding in the front office. Whole, you don't even know how he's going to work. Donnie Nelson has been there just as long as Critic Carlisle has. Yeah. So you can only imagine the relationship. So it's kind of like things are in shambles in the front office in Dallas, if we're being honest. Yeah. And it's kind of uh, um, unfortunate because they've been doing somewhat well. They've been uh, achieving minor success. As far as getting into the playoffs after so long of being out. But this is kind of one of the worst things that can happen. Like, you're thinking you're almost there, but the front office is in shambles. It's just like, damn. It's kind of like if you have a beautiful Cadillac uh, beautiful Cadillac with Vogue tires. It's clean as hell, but you pop that hood and it's straight shit. Are you speaking from experience? Anyways. <laughs> so, and it's kind of like, yeah, it looks good from the outside. You know, you got a superstar player in Luka Doncic, uh, uh, organizations that's uh, everything's finally looking. Every, everything's finally looking up. Like everything's getting in line, and there's a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. But then, the people that got the people that put the wheels together, yeah, the mechanics, yeah, are fighting with the, each other. Yeah, the people that call the shots, the the, the people driving. You know, yeah, they're kind of. I don't understand why they let go of the GM. Honestly, it's because a lot of people, including yourself, I mean, you would agree. I honestly wouldn't agree as much. I feel like people blame too much the uh, the supporting cast. But you give me your I mean, he opinion. was making good deals. I mean, the only bad deal, which is not really a bad deal, Porzingis, because it could have been a 50-50. You know, he was great with the Knicks. He had that injury. He was off for a year. Yeah. He could have came back and been glorious, you know, and we would have, you know. Had a unicorn and Luca, and a great bench. At the last two years, whenever we had a, an amazing bench, when we had uh, Seth and we had JJ and we had, you know, it was it was a lot of potential. Yeah, it definitely was a lot of potential. So it was looking really good uh, roster wise. Yeah, because I mean they're the ones putting the, those pieces together. Yeah, so they're to me, the ones making the phone calls. Yeah, to me, I was like, like you know, like. It doesn't make sense. Like they, that he's to me. He's been do, he was doing his job. He was doing his job, but some of the decision making was it made you raise an eyebrow for sure. Like the 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 the, the, the departure of Seth Curry was like that. What, what that, are we doing? Those here? trades, yeah, that trade was kind of dumb. Yeah, so it's kind of like I, I didn't know. I didn't things. know if they were trying to you know get rid of one like you know B list player. Yeah, for event potential freeing up some cap space and to get an A list. Yeah. But I guess they had um, somewhat of uh, criticism. I don't know exactly who. I wouldn't say it was Rick Carlisle, maybe Mark Cuban, maybe influence, outside noise influence was getting to them to where we need to move in a different direction. So 
decisions were made. That was a dumb. That was a dumb mistake. Last so offseason. That led to the the stepping down of Rick Carlisle, and now we're stuck with no no head coach, no GM, no GM, and an unhappy uh, Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, and fans. Uh, we're just, I guess, just um, I think just being confused. Okay, but can you imagine now? It's just like. It's kind of like being in a marriage for 11 years, and then you just have a divorce, and now you're having to start back over. And you're older. It's so like the wrong time. We're like an old franchise. You know what I mean? Like, we're like an old franchise who's been married for 11 years, and now we're starting to f- trying to get back out there and go fishing. It's kind of be like, Ugh, we're going to be a little rusty. You know it, what I'm saying? It's a bad time, because I feel like right now we do have a lot of pieces that work. Okay. You know? But... They were beginning to work on their like kind of like when boxers train and, and become stars and become champions, and then they change their trainers and start all over again. Then they look off. Yeah. So similar, they were three years with Luca mm-hmm. uh, under Rick, Rick Carlisle, and now you don't know what's gonna happen. Obviously, he could play good. This is a whole different, like it's a whole different. Uh, a, st- a strategy than boxing. I mean, play basketball players are always going to play good basketball if they're good at it. You know, mm-hmm. just different plays, different uh, different attacks, and different. I guess uh, roles depends on the coaches how he wants to set them up. Um, don't you think it was going to be interesting? Don't you think it would say a lot? How many coaches throw their name in the hat trying to coach Luka Doncic? Because he's an attractive commodity, attractive player. You would think you would want to coach a player like that, right? But that's a big responsibility. It could be good. It could be bad. I mean, it's uh, very the tough. way I see it. Uh, it's a very hot seat. Kind of like whenever uh, MJ went into the into the league. Okay. You know? And everybody knew he was going to be great getting out of high school uh, into the uh, North Carolina and then leaving North Carolina early to go into the NBA. Uh I don't think anybody thought he was going to be great. He he wasn't a starter in his high, in his college, and he was only known for that last buzzer beater shot. Yeah. Then he eventually went to uh, the the Chicago Bulls, and he and, ended up being. And then he, he broke is. his foot. But what we're trying to say here is that I wonder who is going to throw their name in the hat, trying to because, coach. like I said, the same expectations. I would think the same expectations that Rick Carlisle had. Going into this next season, I feel like the next person who takes this job is going to have that same expectation, whether you're a new coach or not, because you have a new, you have a superstar. Not only are you going to be judged on how far you get them, but what you put around him, because a lot of people critique the the supporting cast he has around him. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna the the we're gonna be not only critiquing the team that's out there on the floor, but we're gonna be critiquing that front office of what you're doing to be help or make this organization and this team get to that next step because at this point we're talking about second round because a guy in Trey Young that you originally drafted and swapped for Luka Doncic right now is in the Eastern Conference Finals so you're making you're scratching your head a little bit people may not say man he plays in the East he's not Luka Doncic I would take Luka Doncic over Trey Young any day but this is but this is a team sport you're playing a team sport I don't care how much individual success you have. They got, dra- they got drafted the same year? They were drafted for each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Trey Young was drafted to the Mavericks. Luka Doncic was drafted to the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, excuse me, to the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. And then they traded. Uh, so, right now, when we're talking team success, 
Trey Young has the upper hand because he's got they're in the West, they're in the Eastern Conference uh, Finals. But I mean, yes, you have that big uh, question mark. Like he does play in the East. You know, it's a big notion whether the West is is tougher than the East. And, uh, I want to say it's a little bit neutral now. Shit. Yeah, it's raining here in Dallas. It's, at least that's what it sounds like. But I mean, that, <laughs> what I mean is overall team success yeah. is what defines what you've done here in the NBA. And that's probably going to lead up to the coaching now. Or GM. Because we do have great – I, I want to say we do have a great roster. And they have a pretty great roster too. I'll tell you what. Do me a favor. Go to Google and look up the Toronto Raptors GM, general manager. I, uh, Asai Najiri. I could be saying that wrong. I'm going to uh, butcher it up even more. I think I butchered it up, but Hasai uh, Ujiri. I think that's his name. That is the... Uh, Toronto Raptors? Toronto, Ra- Toronto Raptors is GM. And you I believe... sure there's not... Masai Ujiri? Masai Ujiri is somebody, but... Uh, he is the... Uh, well, he's the general manager. Were they them. saying that... If he leaves, it won't be for the Mavericks. Oh, that's what it says. That's, that's, the, headline? that's, the, that's the first story ah, that shit. popped up. Okay, that was that was one of the things that I was gonna say. Like, I think you would go get him because he made the Toronto Raptors a championship. Yeah, he went and got Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and so he knows how to win. No, yeah, he knows how to put pieces yeah, around yeah, yeah. certain. Uh, that's what you want. Certain players. So that's that's the name that popped in my head. He's ten years younger than Rick Carlisle, but he wouldn't be coaching. He would be the GM. Mm-hmm. Coach-wise, what would you think about Jason Kidd coming to the Mavericks? That's what... Oh, no, 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 no. Damian Lillard. Me and my girl were talking about... No, like how Steve Nash ended up with the Nets. With the Nets, yes. Yeah, so we're like, okay, now, you know, there's a lot of players that are doing Mm -hmm. that. So we're Mm -hmm. like, what if uh, Dirk would come back and coach? But I was like, yeah, it's a little too soon. Uh, But he is going to be an advisor, what I have read, that he's going to be in the the table, like in in the room, when they start... Uh, deciding who they're gonna bring in as a GM and as a head coach. Yeah. So to me, him being um, either an assistant coach would be even great. Like, like you talking about Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki? Yeah. I can't say that. Um, maybe I don't want to say an assistant. Just, you, you have to be on the team. Yeah. You have to be something, but you at least have to have experience of what it takes. Not a head coach, but I'm talking like uh, on the sidelines. Yeah. Somebody that is yeah. fresh. Yeah, because there's a lot. You know, fresh, a lot. fresh into Sorry. retirement and that has, you know, can see the potential. Because I, I want to say him and Luca have a great connection, a, re- a great relationship. Him being from a different uh, country, coming into the league and making things happen. I feel like um, he needs more experience when it comes to coaching. And, yes, you, I do agree that there's a lot of players now uh, transitioning into that coaching role. Like but I would Sam, love Jason Kidd. Sam Cassell, Jason Kidd, Tyron Lue. And I still have his uh, championship jersey, so it will be cool. And one guy that also comes to mind is excuse me, Chauncey Billups, he, which he won the championship, I believe, when the Detroit Pistons won that one year. Hmm. That's another guy that's also up there ready to get a coaching job. So there's a lot of I just there's a lot of candidates I would say out there. Not necessarily that are candidates to land that Mavericks head coaching job, but to pick from to see who you believe would 
would be the right fit to coach Luka Doncic because at this point, I feel like you probably won't be the head coach. I think you would probably be the assistant head coach because the head coach will be Luka Doncic because you're going to do whatever he says. If he's unhappy, we're looking at you. Like, why is he unhappy? If they win, good. If you lose, it's your fault. It's kind of like one of those kind of situations that I believe that the Mavericks are currently in. And that's a, that's a weird state to say, and that's a weird thing to say, excuse me, because we've never been in that sort of position. We've never been with a superstar in our hands this early in his career. Usually you probably get them a little bit later or past their prime, but you literally have a guy that's from the beginning. He's the superstar already, and he's 22 years old, and he's about to get supermax money. So what do you tell a guy who's played in the biggest stages in Europe and is paid already, made to uh, NBA, first-team All-NBA? What are you going to tell him? Rookie He'd NBA. probably say, you can't tell me shit, man. Like, I'm, you know what I've done while I've been in the league. So unless you are shit, unless – well, basically nobody because Rick Carlisle was the only one that could somewhat tell me something because he had a ring. But if you don't come in with a ring – that you've won a ring, I don't want to hear anything. But there's Tronte Bellas who's won a ring. Jason Kidd has won a ring. But I think you need somebody that would sit him down and say, look, we know you're good. We know you feel like you can take this team and get them to the next level, but you need help. Not only physically and supporting cast, but, you know, leading up to the games in, in the film room. And when it comes to everything else, conversations go a long way. You need somebody to, not not what what do you call it, mentor you, mm-hmm. someone like that, like a mentor that he needs, uh, that can guide him and let him know the ropes. Like this is what is expected of you. Take care of your body because you need that. At this point, you're gonna need to take care of your body because you can pay that much money. You need to hire everything mm-hmm. and anything that will make you. Stay healthy for the whole season. But, yeah, that's my take on the Mavericks. I think there's going to be a lot of question marks coming in. There will be headlines. It's going to be interesting. But one thing that – before we get off of this, which is crazy that I heard, um, let, me, let me read you the, uh, the quote that, uh, that I saw that said – this was from uh, a, a tweet that I got – I mean, a tweet that I saw – I think it was on Bleacher Report that says Carlisle bailed on bailed on Dallas because he know he has a better option. That was one thing that 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 stood out to me. And so it's like, who who? What's a better option than a twenty two year old two time first team All NBA? I mean, you would think, you know. Now I want to say it was probably just bad chemistry all around. Uh, probably front office and with the team. Maybe Hammond. You know, would you agree? Would you agree with with me saying that Carlisle felt like his coaching style didn't fit Lucas? Luka I, Doncic's I think display? that I think that's what it was. I was like, am I gonna am I gonna struggle the last two years of my contract and not get nothing done, or is it time for me to go and try to start somewhere else? I mean, if he if he already had two two solid years, let's say the first freshman year of Luca wasn't it wasn't really it was a rebuilding year, so. It was kind of like a blow-off year. Yeah, because he wasn't really the point guard. Dennis Smith Jr. was the point yeah. guard, so they were deciding. And Dirk was, was still guard. there, so it was yeah. mainly a retirement year for Dirk mm-hmm. and a starting year for Luca. So I, I, won't, I, I never count that year because, okay. to me, it, it, didn't, 
it, it was just a blow off year. Um, but last year and this year, they were the whole team, not just Luca, played played good. Will Porzingis uh, partially injured uh, half of the season. You know, not a full team of starters. You know, I feel like last year they were more excited than this season. Last year they were a little bit more complete. Because, you know, having yeah. Seth and having yeah. JJ. Yeah. You know, this year they were missing some star players that were great last year, but they were able to take it to the playoffs again and being great contenders against the Clippers, which to me was and still is probably going to make it to the uh, finals. Mm-hmm. They you have know? a chance. They are in the Western Conference. Yeah. So. Uh, it's not that he has a better shot somewhere else. I mean, there are other teams that, yeah. Are ready to win I want to see. There's a lot. No, but I think there's a lot of teams right now. It's not one-sided. You know, there's a lot of great teams with great players. Well, the rumor is he'll be going to the to the Celtics. That's, to me, that's, that's, not the, to me that's not the best team no, I'm not right saying, now in the East. No, it's, it's a not, good team. It's a very good team. It's a very good team, but it's not the best. But you don't need the best. You just need a, be- a better chemistry. Uh, you need chemistry. willing. Yeah, yeah. You need... Players that are willing to work with you and great chemistry that you're able to develop them. Yeah. Because, I mean, that is his job. And he is a guy that's came in with a ring. Yeah. Uh, their previous coach did not have a ring. So it's kind of like, how are you going to try to get us somewhere you've never been? Somewhat and, type. Yeah, and if he does go to um, the East, I'm not saying it's going to be easier, but it'll, it'll be different. You could probably say he'll have a little bit more success. Just because he has more to work with, you know. He yeah. has Jason Tatum. He has Jalen Brown. He has, um, oh, no, he not anymore, but he had Kimba Walker, but they, he just got traded. There's certain pieces there that you can work with and not necessarily have the big pressure of having the big superstar and having to get him his first ring or give him playoff success, even though the Boston fans are pretty demanding. So you probably could have those same expectations going to the to a to a team like the Boston Celtics, but um, yeah, I think that's what it, I think for me. My honest opinion was that Luka Doncic, I mean, excuse me, Rick Carlisle knows something, felt something that made him step down from that, and it had and it included, honestly, it had to include Luka Doncic. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it had to, because especially with I mean, Mark Cuban being so. Hands on. Uh, hands on and um, what's it called? Committed to making this uh, Luka Doncic's uh, team for a long term. Uh, I mean, him going on and saying that he'll choose Luka Doncic or his wife. I mean, imagine he, if the if the coaching was going to be an issue for Luka to be successful in the Mavericks to attempt to get a ring yeah. soon, he had to make some changes all around. Not and Luka's not going anywhere. Yeah. For the, at least for the next five years, yeah. Uh, at least uh, he's gonna, he's getting paid. He's gonna want to get paid that high, high. And they're gonna try to bring some pieces, which I think that's great for the Mavs fans. I wonder how much you can get. I haven't consist. I haven't uh, looked too f- deep into this, but I wonder what their cap would be um, with Luka Doncic getting paid that much money and Porzingis with his wage. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. Um, Maybe one, that's one of the things Rick Carlisle might be fighting, whether he would want to trade somebody or not pay somebody at, at, at this point and try and get uh, supporting cast players instead of trying to pay him. What has to be done is Porzingis' uh, contract has to get uh, reconstructed constructed for them to bring somebody that could fill in what he's not able to. 
But do you want to have him longer than what you need to? Because he still has three years. If you could reconstruct the contract, probably you're kind of like probably, stretching it. Or probably just the amount that they're paying him yearly. That way, I mean, if at least bringing a young, you know, a rookie um, center. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a rebuild for sure, which is kind of uh, a crazy thing to say because Luca wants to win now. Yeah, yeah. He, he's so used to winning. I want to win now. That he doesn't want to be on a losing team. And I think losing brings frustration, brings. Uh, it does. Being so close and with so much potential it sucks. And it's kind of like you're already unhappy. Man, and yeah. so it's kind of like if you. If he's not winning, he's going to get frustrated. Worst things, push comes to shove, and he'll force his way out of Dallas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's not happy, I'm sad to say this, and I don't want to believe it, but he's a diva. Uh, Luka Doncic, he's a superstar. He knows it. So he has one goal in his mind, and that's to win a ring and, and to keep winning as much as possible. And you can't hate him for that. And if it's not Dallas, and he's, you, you're just gonna have to go wherever that's possible. You know the 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 classic line: taking my talents to South Beach. He so could do he'll, that. He'll just take his stuff and get and, up out of here. And it'll be a lot better for him, uh, living wise and you know potential wise. Miami, Marketing. L.A. Well, I'm not saying he'll go to South Beach, but no, 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 but, but I'm saying line. like yeah. I mean, Miami has a lot of potential right now. They're just missing somebody like Luca. Uh, with the Lakers. I mean, with LeBron getting older, and, you know, that's a possibility, too. Yeah. I mean, how, how awesome would that be? Seeing, uh, you know, LeBron and Luka playing together on the same team? They definitely would not play together. They would have to. You don't think? Them, no, I think they would have to leave. I think okay. LeBron would have to leave. You, Yo. don't think, you don't think he will uh, take a big, big pay cut just to bring Luka at least for one year? You tell me when was the last time LeBron took a pay cut. He's never taken pay cuts. You if it's a max, I'm taking all this. Everything. Well. I mean, you can't hate him for that. But that's the that's the classic line. And then, like you said, he just if he's not happy here, he'll just grab his things and leave yeah. and say, you know, I'm out. Like, yeah. I, I gave you all five years or what? I mean, we're already on, here. We're on three. Let's I mean, just, he, he doesn't have to stay for the next. I mean, he might do the deck and just be like, I don't want to be here five years. Let, let's just do three or four. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he, if he signs it, he'll be here for five. But who knows if he has the player option to say, you know, that last year, if I sign a five-year deal, I'll play four and I'm out. Like, yeah. if y'all not winning by then, it's just like I, I'm just out of here. And yeah. that would be. Even Houston is looking for uh, some players right now. So it's, yeah, well, if you leave Dallas, they, it's lost just every, like, they lost everybody. Deuces. Texas is still a good place to be at, though. I won't say the Rockets are in full rebuild mode right but now. But that is that will be a slap in the face, don't you think, for him to lead to, to Houston? Hey, if he wants to win. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. But no, no, no. I'm saying he'll go somewhere. And they, they don't really have a big... Dallas fans, Dallas Mavericks fans would... Well, I'm not saying um, this is just in the near in the future or whatever. It may, it may not even happen. But to go to a Texas team, Dallas Mavericks fan, die hard, Dallas Mavericks fan, take that personal. Like, you can't go to San Antonio. I wouldn't take that You personal. can't go to Houston. I want to see the boy win. And it's just like, bro, no, you don't do that. Like, you can go to L.A., see? you can go to Miami, but you can't go to fucking uh, – look at, look at what the Nets did. The Nets didn't have nobody. Bro, if LeBron goes to the Clippers, that's a fucking disrespect. No, but, uh – that's not what I mean. That's what I mean. A little bit of disrespect. But it's a lot of disrespect. What do you mean? You're going to go to the rival care. team? I don't care. You don't that. care, but I'm saying die hard. 
Okay. You're not a diehard fan. You're a hype beast. No, but I mean, I just want to see the boy win. That's what I'm saying. You're going more for individual. Exactly. I'm, go- I'm talking about team. This I love, a, I love, a, I love the Mavs, but this is a team sport, bro. Like we're not, we're not watching. I was at here. the parade in 2011. Yeah, you weren't because they all won. Everybody won. The whole team won. The fans yeah. won. You don't, uh, you don't celebrate one player just because he's winning and he, no, he's but it's, gone. It's a different, it's a different era, bro. If he's gone from Dallas, it's kind of like yesterday's news. Like, okay, we, we, we're, you're not our guy anymore. That's yeah. just point blank. You think Cleveland's guy is still LeBron? Probably. Yeah. Well. Probably yes, just because he's from there. Yeah. But I mean, for Miami, they, LeBron is not their guy anymore. So it's kind of like when you leave a certain organization, okay, you're yesterday's news. But there's a lot of question marks, big question marks actually. So there'll be a lot of content coming out of Dallas, which is crazy. Usually at this time, we're getting a lot of content from the other side of town, which is the Cowboys, because we're in this football starting up again, mini camp, and all that stuff. But shit, the Dallas Mavericks said, "Hold my beer, we're about to." Do a 360, and we're taking over news and it's content gonna be this, a, this uh, month. It's going to be an interesting offseason just to see all the changes before the season gets back and rolling. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of NBA, the NBA playoffs are going on right now, which is are you some? I've heard somebody say this. This is by far some, one of the most interesting playoffs thus far because it's very competitive. Yeah, yeah. it's no, all around. It's no. Uh, it's been a lot of game sevens. But it's not lopsided, you know. Oh, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's it's competitive. Every There's, single game, anybody can win it. Every been, series, anybody can win yeah. it. So before now, we have the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference set already. But prior, excuse me, prior to that, before we even got to this recording, um, there there were it was uh, who was it? The Clippers versus the Jazz. It was the Suns versus um, Nuggets. The Nuggets. And then in the Eastern Conference, you had the... the Shout Nets. out to uh, Suns and Four guy. Oh, yeah. That was wild. I never thought he would get rewarded for that. Hey, man. He's, he's a celebrity now. So he he got himself some tickets. And he'll yeah. be at that first... Uh, well, he probably was at that first yeah, game. Yeah, he, he was at... Um, they should give him tickets for every game. <laughs> for the for the whole uh, their whole run, as long as they're at the playoffs. Yeah. But, uh, yes, but like let me reiterate what I had said prior to uh, the podcast... Prior to this one and before the playoffs even started, I said Milwaukee and Phoenix would be in the finals. So far, the Suns are in the Western Conference Finals versus the Clippers. And yesterday, uh, no, uh, Saturday, Milwaukee did crazy, somewhat the unthinkable crazy. that you would think wouldn't happen. You would think the Nets would win. They were this close. I was they at were, a bar full of Nets fans. A couple of inches a couple of inches. I was the only guy up front for the Bucks. If only Kevin Durant had an eight and a half size foot, his foot probably wouldn't have touched the, that three yeah. point line. Yeah, but that's so. what everybody was saying. They were like, "Oh man, so close!" And I was like, "Yeah, his foot was on the line." So said, yeah, I, I bet you he wishes he wore eight and a half. Yeah, it's gonna be a tie, and it's going to overtime, and that was they, they could have still won it though. But it's one man, right? Like, how much can you expect from one guy? Like, yes, James Harden was out there. But he wasn't himself. No. He wasn't out there dribbling the Most ball. Most points in the game seven. That dude was Ever. for real. Like, yeah. you look at Kevin he, Durant. He put in work that day. But there's no such thing as a, well, according to, if you're the player, right, they don't believe in moral victories. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I lost. Don't give me no win. Like, yes, I have, I got this. I took the loss, but I, you know, I have this to, to look forward yeah. to. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like, no, I wanted to win. Like, yeah. he said it himself. I was a couple of inches away from ending their season with just that one shot before we even went to overtime. 
and credit to uh to everybody that was in on the Milwaukee Bucks side, PJ Tucker, um uh Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, excuse me. Um Giannis, all of them, they they went you talking about a game seven away in Brooklyn with fans, which is wild. You know, we didn't you didn't get that last year in the bubble. It was silence, you know. It wasn't like what it is now. Because when there's fans Travis there, you're Scott the away, there. bro. It's a different feeling over there. Way you when you're the away side, you're definitely the away side. And for them to have that composure to 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 battle and to continue all the way to the end um, shows a lot. But at the same time, you gotta also bring into the forefront that it was just Kevin Durant out there just doing it, and he could only do so much. He had them, got them to overtime. And damn near had the winning shot, but fatigue uh, just was completely drained. He he's a hell of a player, but he's definitely at the uh, second half of his career. I don't. I mean, after so many injuries, I wouldn't want to say close to the end of his career. Nah. But he's. I mean, it was a bronze still going. I mean, I get that, but I'm just saying, like, if he had his supporting cast, it's kind of like LeBron versus the Warriors. Like, LeBron is only one man, and the Warriors were just... That was when they first got their first ring. And and they were just... They just outdueled him. And this is just what the Bucks were. You talk about three superstars in, in Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Giannis against Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was doing his best. Kyrie's hurt. James Harden's hurt. And you got the opposition over there fully healthy. It's kind of hard to beat that. But, I mean, KD took him to the edge, like literally took him to the edge. Shows you the capability and the ability that he has to change a complete game. But it just shows that superstar superstar teams like the Nets don't always win. Don't always win. They still fall short. Yeah. So, I mean, credit to the Milwaukee Bucks. I believe they get to the finals. They're playing the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks beat the Philadelphia 76ers to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals, which is crazy because... The Atlanta Hawks, I think this is by far the furthest they've gotten in years. Long time. Years. This is by far. Um, So, Trey Young has something to be proud of. The whole Atlanta Hawks organization. I like seeing. I like seeing. uh, That's the dark horse of the the playoffs. But I like seeing. um, Trey Young. No, no, no. Teams like this. Young teams. Mm -hmm. Underdogs. Mm -hmm. Make it this far. That's why I like. And be successful. That's why I like the the Memphis Grizzlies. Because they're a really young team. Mm. Or kind of like the Charlotte Hornets with LaMelo Ball in them, mm-hmm. young team. So it's kind of like they, they they build their own culture. They come up and they create their own culture. It's not something that you just land in and you having to do it their way. Yeah. It's like a culture built amongst y'all because y'all are all young, which is something you And need. the Suns are pretty young too. The Suns are another team. Other than Chris Paul. Yeah. Everybody Chris Paul else. was just the cherry on top yeah. that gets everybody moving. But for, for, for the most part, they're all – Draft picks after draft picks at DeAndre Aiden, Devin Booker. All of these dudes were drafted by the Suns, except for uh, um, Chris Paul. And, um, of course, it's the uh, Crowder. There's a couple of players that weren't drafted, but they weren't always – they weren't the most uh, uh, sought-after players. Yeah, like, they're not big names. Yeah, like there's a reason why – or there may be a reason why Houston got rid of um, Chris Paul instead of James Harden. Uh, that comes to you can pick and choose like James and Harden. James Harden up, was their Luca, but James Harden ended up 
now. He left because he knew that they were not making the right decisions in the office to make him win. Even though you don't like, you're not a fan of James Harden. Well, James Harden to me, I, I like James Harden. He's a great player. He is a good player. But he's a solo player, but he he's just a great couldn't. Player. He just couldn't win it himself. Like he had Russell Westbrook. He had his best friend Chris and Paul. They still couldn't work together. And it's like sometimes, like sometimes you gotta look in the mirror. Is it? Is it you? Because yeah. damn, like something, something's wrong here. So I just feel like uh, right now these te- these four teams deserve to be there: Atlanta Hawks, Suns, Clippers, and. Uh, I, I low key want to see well, the Bucks and the and the Hawks. It's gonna be a good series. I think it's gonna be too much for the for the for the uh, for the Hawks uh, because Milwaukee's way bigger than them, way more experienced at that. I mean, even though everybody else was more experienced, but round one they faced the Knicks. The Knicks hadn't been they've been shit for years, so they're like rusty as hell trying to get into the playoffs. They didn't even know what it looked like to be in the playoffs anymore. Yeah. And then you had a, a Philadelphia 76ers with a, a a superstar that had a torn meniscus the whole series, missed the first game, and then played hurt the whole series. And another guy who can't shoot, can't shoot free throws, and is only more uh, at his best when he's running downhill and attacking the paint. And when they don't allow you to attack the paint, it's kind of hard for you to be out there on an island by yourself trying to trying to get it going. So I just believe Milwaukee will be too much. I honestly will go as far as to say that they will sweep the Atlanta Hawks to get to the NBA Finals. That is my prediction. They will sweep the Atlanta Hawks to get to the NBA Finals. Think so? Yes. Now going to the other side, the Phoenix Suns and the and the, and the Clippers. That's a good series. Well, they, the Suns won yesterday. They took Game One. So. Uh, I want to say they're gonna take it, and I want to. I want to say it's gonna be in five. Uh, versus the Clippers. Yeah. Well, the big blow that the Clippers took is that the health of Kawhi Leonard is very questionable. Yeah. He was out for game one, and his health for the remainder of the series is still up in the air. Yeah. So if he does not play, right? If he doesn't play, uh. Yeah, their odds are pretty. If you're banking on playoff P, pandemic P, small George, to take you all the way, it probably won't happen. You're probably getting your hopes too high. So will he have a good game? Because nobody likes to be, um, what do you call it? Nobody likes to feel undervalued, under underappreciated. When somebody says you can't do something, it makes you want to do it even more. And that's what they're doing to Paul George. Paul George had a decent game. But he just couldn't. It wasn't enough to get everybody over the hump. And Chris Paul coming back soon, and that would be even tougher. So that should give a comfortable lead. It might be. So you say five, Clippers Suns? Yeah, I say they'll win one game. So it will be a a gentleman sweep, which yeah. is they just win one game. I won't say they win one game. Probably they'll win uh, tomorrow, just because. Chris Paul will be out, and they'll be like, all right, we got to get one in. So they're going to play hard. They're going to play rough. Mm-hmm. The Clippers are not – just because they're missing one player, they're, they're a solid team. Well-rounded, experienced. They have to win without Kawhi Leonard. They have no choice. Yeah. Just like the Phoenix Suns have to win without Chris Paul. And they've done that already yeah. Yeah. with game one. Yeah. So their confidence has to be up there. So I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns as well. The gentleman sweep doesn't sound too bad to me, honestly. I just feel like they're just that good. 
but it's a whole different story when you go back to LA. You could play out very well when you're in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. But you got the home crowd around you. But going to LA, it's it's not not only It worked for the Mavs. The Mavs were flawless. well, not flawless over there, but they played good over there. They played decent over It depends there. on the team. If they're a good away team. Um well, I mean they swept the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. So obviously they 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 can play away. And now you're going to uh now you're going to L.A. and going to face them over there. So who knows how that's going to go. But I'm I'm thinking the Suns for sure taking it. Like I said, coming out the West, the Milwaukee Bucks coming out the East. That is my prediction. But so far right now, playoffs are very interesting. I'm loving it. Tonight, is there a game tonight? I believe there is. No, not tonight. Not tonight? No. No, until Tuesday. Yeah, tomorrow we'll have uh, on Tuesday at 8 p.m. on ESPN. So tune in for sure tomorrow. Suns, Clippers down by one. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are up. This is going to be another game in Phoenix, and before they take it back to LA. Transitioning, I want to dive into Tank Davis. We spoke about Tank Davis last week, and we saw and we spoke about what it means for him to fight at a different division. Well, at least that's how they're selling it to us, right? Tank is gonna move up from his normal weight, one thirty, and move up two divisions to one thirty nine, right? To go to one forty, okay, and fight Mario Barrios, which Barrios is a very, very talented, skilled fighter, super, super lightweight. I like his, uh, I like his fighting style. I think that's lightweight. Check it out. Um, but uh, are they already burning uh, Simmons jerseys? Sorry, I saw something. I wouldn't be surprised. I think they're going to trade him, maybe. But, um, yeah, so Tank Davis is fighting this weekend in Atlanta, fighting Mario Barrios. And I just feel like, to me, at least this is just me personally, I just don't feel like he's going to super lightweight. Super lightweight. Yeah. I just don't feel like he has the tools enough to win this fight. I mean, it would be shocking if he were to beat Tank. Uh, but I just feel like he's choose Tank is choosing the fighters that he believes he can beat, right? Because if that were the case, why wouldn't he fight Devin Haney? Why wouldn't he fight Shakur Stevenson? Um, why wouldn't he fight uh, Teofimo Lopez? Like if you were really trying to, uh, if you're really trying to be about legacy, there's a difference between being about legacy and being a superstar. Some people go for legacy and end up being a superstar, ends up transitioning to a superstar. Some people go for the superstardom, for the social media fame, for the uh, the skeptical side. I mean, the spectacle side of the sport, trying to get seats in in stadiums, and they may not be the most attractive fight, but they're they're more they're more attractive fighters. Like you put me, who can I? Let's just say let's just say this: Mario Barrios versus Shakur Stevenson. Two guys that are not that well known, and then you put Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley on the same night. Who do you think people are going to go watch? The more popular guys, the more the 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 fight may not be as good, right? They may not be as skilled as these two guys fighting over here, but people want to see the more attractive fight, the more people that's popular. It's kind of like one of the best examples that I heard was if if you get in a fight, right, and you and, but you're not popular, and I am, or vice versa. Let's say I get in a fight, and I'm not popular. 
but I'm a boxer, right? And I beat the hell out of so and so. And you fight the same at, at the same time, and you're the most popular guy in school. And y'all, y'all can't fight. Y'all slap boxing over there, and that's ridiculous. But they'll talk about you more than me. They're gonna say, "Well, I told him, well, I are kicked you, his ass." Are we saying quick. like uh, Jake Paul? Are you comparing me to Jake Paul? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. You just held. You just killed that whole analogy right there. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you were trying to go with that, where like uh, professional boxers, and then no, but what I'm just saying. depending on the celebrity status or. That's where you're going, right? Well, those examples by were, popularity. But we're we're trying to give an analogy when it comes to the difference of popularity and legacy. Yeah, like some may watch the popularity fight more for the uh, for the entertainment uh, the, hype. Yeah, everything, all like that, and it may not necessarily be the best fight. And people may not may sleep on the legacy fight because they're not well known. Yeah. And they're not uh, as attractive. There's not big names around it. No, so like, that, like the take, big names around Tank. I will say the biggest name probably is uh, Floyd Mayweather, and then. But his history is not that great. But even uh, when the fight was canceled of Teofimo Lopez, they had a, they asked Tank, like, what do you think about him testing COVID? It's like, it's because he couldn't sell no tickets. That's why. He ain't no fucking corona. He couldn't sell no tickets. Uh, and it's kind of I think like, I would rather watch Teofimo than Tank. Yeah, so I was just like, okay, I mean. How about he steps in the ring with What Teofimo does that Lopez? mean? He has belts. You don't. Yeah. So what are we talking about? After fighting Lomachenko. He beat Lomachenko. He has a decent win under his belt. Like, I don't understand how tickets, sales, overweigh legacy fights. I don't understand that. That doesn't make no fucking sense. It's sad, but it's true. You can pack a whole house and the fight be straight garbage, and I can fight the best fighter in the division in a smaller venue, and that fight will hold more weight than yours in the real world, you know? Like, for people that know... About the sport, yeah, you may have sold more tickets. You probably made more money than me for a for a less competitive fight. But at the end of the day, for the diehards that know about the sport, they know my win holds more than yours. You may have more money in your pocket, but at the end of the day, when I retire, I'm going in the history books. Yours probably has an asterisk to it. Only probably your he'll sell some t-shirts. Your diehards, who Tiafimo Tank. Oh, Tank. But, I mean, he's fighting Mario Barrios. Like I said, I like Barrios. I think he's a very good fighter, talented fighter. I've seen him before. I've seen him on undercards. He's a Texan. But he's not, um, he's not uh, up to the, to the level. Don't think Tank. So? I don't think he carries the same amount of power. And mm. the only thing that he has over Tank is the height, for sure. The reach, for sure. But if those qualities. But you think those qualities the reason why he doesn't have them. that power for you is you think it's because he's been fighting at his weight? And Tank has been fighting at a smaller weight? But, no. I just feel like Tank has the power. Why? Because you either have it or you don't. You don't teach power. Power you have. Deontay See, Wilder the thing didn't, is, get, to, didn't but, get taught power. But the thing is, uh, I believe Tank has been fighting at a way smaller weight all his career. Yeah. So when he rehydrates and goes back to his real weight, that's obviously weight on smaller guys. Now that he's going to be fighting somebody his weight. Well, this is not going to be the best analogy or the best example. But when Canelo Alvarez fought uh, Kovalev, Kovalev had been fighting at that weight class forever. Canelo was a smaller guy going up. And he, didn't, he ended up knocking him out. Yeah, but Kovalev That's, was how old? I'm saying the power of a smaller man still overpowered but, the bigger man. But 
Canelo's bigger too. I knew that you were gonna say that's why I say it's probably gonna be the probably the best example. But for the for the most part, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. a smaller guy can beat a. a well, I'm not saying wise. I'm not saying that. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Power wise, yes, he can. I mean, he lands. He'll Tank hasn't rock. fought big dudes in his division. Not 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 like that. I wouldn't say he never fought Lomachenko. He never fought. Uh, At the skill level, no skill level fighters in that lightweight division. No, so he hasn't felt power. That's what I'm trying to say. But I, I that's the thing. I don't think Mario Barrios has the power. Not to power, but he has some power because he's already naturally bigger. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're powerful. It's just like Tyson Fury. I don't think he has the best, the biggest power. I just think he's overall better skilled. Yeah, yeah, and he can hit you and move and hit you and move. You don't you don't necessarily got to go for power to hurt the guy. If but I he touch, knocked out Tyson Fury. I mean no, uh, Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder. Yeah, he did eventually. If I hit you with a pillow, it don't hurt. But if I hit you with a pillow thirty times, yeah, eventually it's gonna hurt, and you're gonna be like, yeah, fam, stop it. There has to be some power, bro. Yeah, some, but that comes with uh, consistent damage. Like that, after that, you're not gonna be able to take the same amount of punishment after for so long. So that's why I feel like this fight should go Tank's way. If it goes Mario Barra's way, I would love for him to make it competitive. Yeah. That would be beyond what my expectations are. Um, because I think he deserves something like that. I think he needs to put pressure on Tank and make him respect his weight, right? Because you're saying that Barrios is fighting in his weight class. And he's been there for a while. So he should be able to dictate the fight and, and pull and, – um, Become the ring general when it comes to that. Because when you're in that ring and you're fighting in your own way, you should be able to dictate the pace of the fight to let him know that you're not at 130 anymore, fam. You're not fighting 135 pounds. You're fighting a legit 140. And I'm taller than you. I'm longer than you. And I believe I'm more skilled than you. And I'm about to prove that. That's one thing that should be going through Barrios' mind instead of saying, holy shit, like I'm fighting Tank Davis. There's a lot of pressure on me. I could be his next knockout. We're fighting in Atlanta, aka his second home. They're, everybody's against me. You know, more they're more pro Davis than they are Barrios. That's one hundred percent for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like all you're facing all odds. All everybody's against you, and that might be the best motivation because when you're the underdog, that's when you uh, shine the most sometimes. So that, but that's a lot to ask for. That's my ex- expectation. That would be. That would be um, that would be something that I would love to see, but whether I see it or not, that's a whole different story. Speaking of boxing, staying in the boxing uh, subject, we get the return of high tech, the return of Loma, the Matrix, Vasily Lomachenko will fight this weekend versus Nakatani. If anybody does not know who Nakatani is, Nakatani was the fighter that. Um, Teofimo Lopez fought before his uh, before his uh, fight against uh, what's his name? Uh, his name escapes my mind right now. His name is uh, here it goes. Richard Comey. Richard Comey fought Teofimo Lopez. So before Teofimo Lopez got that shot at that IBF, I believe that's the belt he got. Uh, yeah, the IBF belt. He fought Masahoshi Nakatani. Nakatani right now, he is sitting at 16 wins. Oh, I'm lying. This is not it. 
Um, Nakatani is 18, 19 and 1, excuse me. And that one loss was to Tifima Lopez. 19 and 1. Yeah, 19 and 1. So he's, that, it's a good fighter. And I saw that fight. And it looked like that wasn't Tiofimo's best performance. He ended yeah, up getting the, the win. Range. He ended up getting the same, I mean, excuse me. He ended up getting the win, but it was not his best performance. It, matter of fact, if that was. It, it went to all rounds? Yeah. It okay. went the distance. And that was the biggest critique in Tiofimo's career. Because prior to that, he had been knocking out everybody. And he had been the superior fighter. And in this fight, it looked like he he struggled a lot. And well, this, this might be the better fight this Saturday then. Cause but I feel like, um, I'm not saying this is why, but I feel like Loma chose Nakatani or vice versa. I don't know how exactly it came about. But the fact that he's fighting Nakatani, a former uh, uh, opponent mm-hmm. of Teofimo Lopez. That went the distance. Went the distance. And now if you can beat him better than... Teofimo did that sense of statement but the fact that uh the the realistic factor that you believe that you would want to believe that you will see Loma versus Lopez one more time I think that's second to none I don't think you'll see that fight again because well if they both go up but Lopez is not it's because Loma will not go higher you don't think so no because uh this was at 135 and at 135 I feel like it's already a lot of weight for Loma if he goes even higher, 140, you're talking about 150-pound guys dropping to 140. Loma's going up. He's definitely the smaller fighter. So that's why it's uh, he's not naturally big like that. Like When you see Loma in his walk-around weight, he is not bigger than 150. He probably weighs like 140, if anything, walking around. So I just feel like... Uh, he he wants to make a statement and he wants to he, he if it were up to him he would definitely rematch. Uh, yeah. um, it's possible. But I just feel like I and I don't blame I don't blame Teofimo for not giving him the rematch because I honestly believe if Loma had won he would not be giving Loma, uh, Teofimo the rematch because he had it in the contract. If I beat you, I'm not giving you a rematch. But so when the tables turned and Teofimo won. It's like I'm keeping that same energy. When you said if I lose, you would not give me a rematch. But now you lost and you want to fight me again. No, I'm keeping the same energy. You don't get no rematch. Go earn your way back. Maybe when you earn your way back, I'll be out of here. Because I'm, I'm only going to fight in this division probably about two more times and I'm out. Or maybe and I'm stretching it. Maybe just one and I'm out. So it's like you'll never get that revenge that you, you think want. his last fight at that way would be the Pacquiao fight? Pacquiao? Oh, no, no, no. No, you're talking about Arrow. No, no, but doesn't he want to fight Pacquiao too? Who? Teofimo? Nah, he won't fight Teofimo. I mean, he won't fight Loma. I mean, Pacquiao. He won't fight Pacquiao. No, Pacquiao's too big for him. At least right now, in this in this stage of his career, he'll move up to 140. and He'll want to fight Josh Taylor. That's who he does want to fight. Or if not that, he would want to fight Jose Ramirez. So there's a lot of good fights out there. He could fight uh, Regis Progre. There's a there's a lot of bright. It, it's the future looks looking real bright over there for Teofimo. But the fact that you still got these guys like Tank Davis, uh, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, and... I don't and think any of them want to fight Teofimo. That's 100% of a fact. That's 100%. That's why he's like, if I can't get these guys in the ring, which it would be crazy. That would right? be good checks, though. Which this would be crazy. Because you said none of them want to fight him, right? That's what you just uh-huh. said. Okay, so what if that does happen? What if he says he wants to fight one more time, but he wants to fight Devin Haney, and Devin Haney doesn't want to fight him? He does everything in his power not to fight him, and uh, Teofimo feels like, well, I only have one more fight in him, whether it's him or not. And whether it's not him, and Loma wins his next fight, this fight, 
and they say, okay, we'll rematch Loma and and uh, and go out with a bang. And I just don't think that was. I, I still think, don't think that will bring enough money for him. The rematch? I don't think so. He'll demand. First of all, he'll be the A side because he's a champ. So he'll demand. The, the time money. that they fought was it a pay per view? No. Okay. They did it. In, do you think in, they'll do a pay per view for this, the rematch? Uh, honestly, I don't know because I think Top Rank is so is so uh, at least just Top Rank. Uh-huh. I think they're just so uh, consistent or just trying to the for the for the consumer, right? They're do you trying, think? Well, that, let, me, let me get this okay, out. Okay, go ahead. The only thing that I think what they're really trying to do, unlike the UFC, you pay for ESPN Plus. So I feel like if you feel like if you pay for ESPN Plus, you should get the pay per views like just like the Zone. If I pay for the zone, I shouldn't be paying for Canelo pay per view. If I already pay for the zone, yeah, yeah, and I think they're trying to honor that. At least that's what Top Rank is trying to do. Unlike UFC, but UFC wasn't it wasn't it on ESPN? Wasn't it like a free fight? Yeah, so, that one was free. Like they made it their duty for free. So you think it'll be on the zone? If it's on the zone, then I won't. You no, know? it's not on the zone because none of them are signed to the zone. Exactly. But what I'm trying to say is not it's not like UFC that they have that paywall where you pay for ESPN Plus, but you still got to pay seventy nine ninety nine when it's a pay per view. Yeah. It's just kind of like bullshit. Like if I pay twenty that bucks for the BS. zone, I should be get you getting no, enough the money zone. from me differently. Yeah, yeah. You should get you're getting money from me monthly, so it adds up. Yeah. So if you're gonna put a pay per view, I'm already a no, subscriber. No to, me, no, to me, like if it's like a subscriber, then that's that's a, to me if it's on the zone, that's worthy. You know, like that brings in money, that brings in revenue to be money for the fighters. But you pay monthly for ESPN Plus. Yeah, but it's not as much. Yeah, that is true. That so is true. and it's they usually have it on ESPN Plus and on regular ESPN. Well, let's just say what so if it's they did? like a free fight. It's like what? to me, I consider ESPN Plus a free fight. Would you rather than bump it up some? Because I think for the zone, no, at least what? at twelve ninety nine a month. Let's just say twelve ninety nine a month, and you get the pay per view for free. What if ESPN Plus said, okay, it was going from five ninety nine to twelve ninety nine, but you get all the pay per views now. At least twenty. I would. I would. I would pay twenty a month. The zone. Yeah, I would pay the zone price. For for ESPN Plus, so you can get if, all the UFC fights. If I fights. get the UFC fights for free, Shit. and everything it else. adds up, and everything else, it adds up. I mean, I would love that. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, that would be perfect. But the fact that you got this paywall, this what pisses everybody off, and I think that's what Top Rank is doing. They're trying to honor that for the subscribers that subscribe for ESPN and ESPN Plus. Um, so this fight would be for sure on uh, ESPN. But do you think Plus. that would be more entertaining fight than Tank Davis and uh, Barrios? The rematch of uh, Loma, versus, Loma versus Teofimo. Loma versus Teofimo, would it be more entertaining than Barrios versus Tank? 1,000%. Okay. Yeah, sad that Sad that they probably won't make it as big. But I, I feel like both of them, both of them, Teofimo and Lomachenko, deserve big paychecks. And I believe they're in the same mindset of going for a legacy. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to fight the big fights, yeah. which is what a boxer's usually here to do, right? To me, they're like the Marcus and the, uh, whatchamacallit? Um, Julio Cesar Chavez of now they're people fighting peop- real names yeah well, they're, I mean, not, that, that's they're the, not out there fighting free fights and charging pay-per-view price yeah it's like you want to fight because so, I don't even want to pay for the tank fight no hell no and I mean I don't think that's I, I, mean, don't, I don't think it's reasonable or fair or at least for the casual right let's put this in the casual yeah. standpoint the casual doesn't know who uh, Rosario is uh who Lubin is? They they don't know none of that. They don't know none of the the undercards. They want to see the main card, and they want to see Tank. Who's Tank fighting? Mario Barrios. Well, who's that? San Antonio guy. 
this is just like, uh, how can I explain this to you? I got to go into his catalog. Okay, well, he's undefeated. Uh, he's from San Antonio. Uh, he's Hispanic. He's uh, the Aztec. Shit like that. El Azteca. But for Tank, you already know who he is. Lomachenko, you know who he is. Yeah. yeah. Tio you know who he is. The resume speaks for itself. Unfortunately for Tank, it does not. Yeah. And, but for me, Loma versus Nakatani, it's, it's one of those fights for me. Loma, Nakatani, or Tank and Barrios. Who's going to sell more? Probably Tank. Tank and Barrios. Tank by himself. It's probably going to, but the one that counts the most, right? This is just, what counts? Because they're both in the same quote-unquote division. Tank and yeah. Loma. Yeah, yeah. This will put Loma on a different That uh, would be interesting. Comeback. Tank versus Loma? Yeah. I would love it. Loma's yeah. been calling out Tank for years. Yeah. He's been ducking him forever. Because uh, this night, they'll both be fighting. Uh, on the same night. At, at the same weight, right? And on the same day. No. No. Uh, it's, it's, everything I said was right. You, what you said was no. Okay. Because, like we said, Tank is going up fighting at 140. 140. And uh, um, Lomachenko is staying at 130. We'll be fighting at 135. You don't think they'll meet at 135? Um, I, I would hope so. I mean, that's uh, Tank's natural weight. 135. His previous fight was at 130 with uh, with with um, Leo Santa Cruz was at 130. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't mind fighting at 135. But but uh, yeah. So I mean that that's gonna be this Saturday on ESPN Plus. Nakatani Lomachenko and you also got Tank versus Mario Barrios. NBA playoffs going on all week, trying to get to the NBA Finals. You got everything. You got everything you want to know um, leading up to the hiring of whoever the Mavericks are going to get. Who knows who they're going to get. We're going to see that later on as the as the time goes and as things play out. We'll be able to bring you that content. But as far as what's, what was today, we gave you our predictions. You said, who do you say now? Before we get out of here for the NBA playoffs, pick your final now. I mean, I've, I'm staying consistent with mine since it started. But from what your standpoint. Oh, well, my what, guys what are out. I, said, I think I said Utah and the Nets. Okay. Um, I would like to see the Suns um, and the Hawks just because I'm going for the underdog. A lot of people want to see underdogs go, but I just don't oh. feel like they're good enough. But. Those are our picks, and we're bringing next week the the results of all these fights. We're going to see what's going on. We'll bring you the insight, and hopefully there's a lot, of, lot more content out there that we can bring to y'all so y'all can continue to tune in and check out our opinion. Even though you may agree, you may not agree, but that's the whole point of this podcast. This is the We Could Be Wrong podcast. We'll catch you next week. Take it easy, man. One love.